Welcome back to New Rockstars. This is Big Question, the show that gives you too much information about which incarcerated MCU villain is buying up all the instant ramen noodles at the prison commissary. That's some real inside baseball right there. Whoever wrote that joke understands prison culture. I love it. All right. Speaking of prison, I just broke out the greatest hosting talent we've had. And we're putting a crew together for one last job. Because with me today... I'm Tommy Bechtold, of course, and I'm here today with my man. So nice, we had to do it twice. Back together again, this dream team. Hey. He is Peaches and Cream. <laughs> is with us today. I don't know which that's one what people call us. Cream. That's our that's our name, Peaches and Cream. <laughs> but whenever we are together, it's like, oh my God, it's Peaches and Cream on new rock stars. Wow. Uh, if we were a wrestling tag team, Peaches and Cream would be what I would go for. Oh, God, uh, maybe not. That sounds very suggestive. <laughs> maybe something else. <laughs> but I'm uh, down for it. Hey, what? what Lords of ass. Uh, all right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh well, it's already started. Okay. Uh, let's get to the show. On Falcon and Winter Soldier, we saw Baron Zemo peacefully take a ride from the Dora Milaje yes. to his new incarcerated home on the raft. And that got us thinking about our big question of the week. So... Here it is, MT. Which MCU villains are still locked up and poised to make a big return in the future? That's a great question, because now that Zemo is headed back to prison at the raft via Dora Milaje Airlines, we can only assume that another prison break awaits our favorite Sokovian Baron. This has us wondering what other MCU villains that we have met before are out there, whether waiting for someone to spring them from prison or bring them in from a life on the run. For this big question, we're not looking at villains who are assumed to be dead slash permanently gone and could somehow magically make their return or reappear, such as Red Skull, Darren Cross, the Yellow Jacket that we saw very disturbingly die in Ant-Man 1, yeah. Uh, yeah. potentially, and Whiplash or Aldrich Killian. No, these are villains that are just doing their time in the pokey or just laying low, waiting to come back and get to work on some new nefarious deeds. Now let's start off with some incarcerated villains, shall we? Let us yes. start with the jail folk. First off, Zemo, and he's headed to the raft, of course, which is the famous underwater prison that we see in Captain America Civil War. And it's a prison for those who are biologically or technologically advanced, primarily. And like, we're not 100% sure as to its location within the MCU, but um, it's probably somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, since in the comics, the raft is placed near Rikers Island in New York City, or uh, New York in general. <laughs> not just that's a good question. You know, I was thinking about that. I was wondering if we're going to see Zemo in the next, we got one more episode left, yeah. right? And maybe yeah. by the time this airs, we'll have this question answered. So I don't know if I'll, this chime in will make any sense, but... Yeah, it'll be interesting to see how the uh, the show wraps up Zemo's storyline. Yes. And if we even have, have him in the raft for an extended period of time, or if he's just dropping by for a quick visit. Like my cousins, who would go to jail on weekends. <laughs> just to stop by, say hi to the friends, yeah. you know, friends and family just that are in settle a little issue, yeah, exactly. And then uh, just break out uh, before right. Monday, you know? I, that, that's a exactly. nice little weekend plan. I should go to prison. I should just go to prison this weekend, just say hi, you know? Get some apple juice. We can avoid it. <laughs> Now, we can assume that there are some other enhanced villains at the raft, some we've yet to meet in the MCU, and potentially some we have already been introduced to. But for now, the only villain that we really can be for certain is on the raft is Zemo. So, mm. And then there's also Emil Blonsky, the Abomination, if you remember Ooh. from the 2008 
uh, Incredible Hulk film with Edward Norton, who is not Mark Ruffalo, but also played the Incredible Hulk at one point. If you are right. a child, you probably don't remember, but it's it's an no. important part of our Marvel history. So yes, you should watch it. <laughs> Read your books and watch your old movies. Exactly. Yes, I'm calling it 2008 movie old. <laughs> Seriously, classic piece of cinema. <laughs> Seriously, just like black and white, 2008. Just an amazing era. Uh, just kidding. No. Now, according to Agents of Shield, the last known location of Abomination is in a cryo cell at a Shield facility called the Vault in Barrow, Alaska. And while Agents of Shield isn't necessarily considered canon in the MCU, Kevin Feige did confirm in 2017 that the Abomination is in a prison somewhere. So. Who knows? Well, I, I think that makes sense, though, because we we don't have a lot. I mean, we have Thunderbolt Ross from yeah. that movie. But other than that, like, I think Marvel probably due to the fact that they parted ways with Edward Norton, whether it was amicable and just, you know, creative vision thing. They haven't really carried a lot of other things from that movie over. As, yeah. I mean, whereas, like, you know, usually these movies are mined for, like, every little precious resource they have that can be brought <laughs> back in a, you know, a deleted scene or a post-credit scene. Like, so far, the, the 2008 Hulk remains a, uh, a wealth of, uh, of things we could... Uh, we could we could reintroduce into the MCU, so I look forward to that. I hope about no, for, it. yeah, for sure. I feel like Kevin Feige was like for a long time anyway because the first Incredible Hulk movie had Edward Norton and it didn't really do all that well. He was just like, let's pretend it really didn't happen and like let's just right. introduce a new Hulk and just forget about it. What you got there? It's a smoothie. When Ross came in with um, you know Civil War and all that. And, mm -hmm. you know, they're starting to slowly reintroduce elements of that movie. So when we do see um, Emil Blonti again, it will be really dope to, yeah. to actually get some some of Incredible Hulk visibility. Because uh, I'm tired of all the Incredible Hulk erasure. Um, yes. I don't know what to say. <laughs> anyway, moving forward. Moving on. And speaking of that Kevin Feige quote, it came in response to a question about Abomination and another potential MCU villain, Samuel Stearns, a.k.a. The Leader. Now, the last we saw of Samuel Stearns was his big old throbbing head after being infected with Bruce Banner's irradiated blood. Now, comic fans will recognize Samuel Stearns as the leader, a Hulk villain with a genius-level intellect, telekinesis, and telepathy powers, all thanks to that big old noggin. And it's quite big, and it is very disturbing to look at when it's when it's moving around. It's, I wish it's I had that up. excuse for why my head is so huge. Be like, <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, same. I have yeah. a big black melon here, and it was a radio. I can't wear baseball blood. hats for the most part. I wish there was some <laughs> powers to offset that embarrassment. You know how bad I want to wear a snapback? I'm dying to wear a snapback. You know what? I can move things with my mind. Exactly. That would be Fair clutch. Trade. You know what? Big head gang. We're going to be moving things yeah. in 2021. You know, it's the best the goal. Big head gang. Peaches and cream, big head gang. Oh my god, so suggestive. Getting big head from peaches and cream. Hey. Gross. I we're gonna have to bring in a reverend to counsel us. Right? Why? 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 This will be the uh, 21 plus episode. Um. Yeah, too hot for TV. You can only watch this after midnight. The following program is rated TV MALSV. Peaches and cream, big head gang. Peaches and cream, big nope. head. Now, according to the limited series comic, The Avengers Prelude, Fury's Big Week, Natasha Romanoff found Samuel Stern in the lab while monitoring Bruce Banner and took him into S.H.I.E.L.D. custody. Where he could be, or whether or not he's still in S.H.I.E.L.D. custody, remains to be seen. 
but we'll see what happens. I mean, I'm personally very much looking forward to seeing more of the leader. Um, I've, I thought that the leader was behind a couple of things in the MCU in the past, but it turns out Mm -hmm. it wasn't the leader. So I feel like we'll be seeing the leader very soon. Yes. Mm. Yes. Mm. We're we're owed. We're owed some leader action. We're owed some leadership. Following the leader, the leader, the leader. And of course, there's also one of everyone's favorite MCU villains of all time, the Vulture from Spider-Man Homecoming. Adrian Toomes, aka the Vulture, was last seen serving time in prison. Like, we don't get a confirmation of which prison he's at. I mean, possibly Rikers Island, but wherever he is, they sure have some nice white uniforms. Now, at the end of the Morbius trailer, we actually get a brief glimpse of Michael Keaton, who plays Adrian Toomes, who appears to still be wearing that very same white uniform, possibly being transported to another facility. Now, we'll have to wait and see what happens in that film, but until then, we have to mention another prisoner Toomes runs into, which is, of course, Scorpion. uh, Yes! by my favorite actor from Far Cry 3. Um, I forget his name, but... Um, <laughs> the, you love him. <laughs> I love him. He's a great actor. Matt Gargan, who comic book readers will recognize as the Spider-Man villain, Scorpion. While we haven't seen him don the mechanical poisonous tail quite yet, we have to imagine that Marvel could introduce Scorpion in the near future. I mean, Toons and Gargan could potentially escape together, but it didn't really look like they were getting along too well at the end of Spider-Man Homecoming, so maybe not. That's right. I can't, I need more Adrian Toomes in my life, though. I, oh my god, yes. He was such a great bad guy in that movie. I, yes. I yeah, more, 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 please. Like, I felt for him. Like, you genuinely yeah. feel for that character. It's like, oh, dang, That's, he I mean, got yeah, they over. did such a great job in those movies of making the villains pretty three-dimensional for the most part, and yes. so you're like, oh, man, like, this guy's not so bad. <laughs> Seriously. He murders people. <laughs> it's fine. He only murdered the original yeah. Shocker in cold blood. It's totally right. fine. <laughs> I mean, to be fair, he didn't know it was going to do that. That's Especially. true. That is very true. It was an accident. So, right. you know, if murder is an accident, it's fine. Did I do that? <laughs> Don't put that in. I don't want to get no, made no. for murder. We don't condone murder. This is a this is a anti-murder. Show. Yes, we're strictly for anti-murder here. Um, if you're pro-murder, sorry, you're gonna have to unsubscribe. Um, sorry, haters. <laughs> sorry, haters. <laughs> sorry, life haters. We just love life here. Sorry. We're blocking out the haters. And of course, we have to mention Justin Hammer. Now, we last see the Tony Stark foil at Seagate Penitentiary in the All Hail the King Marvel one-shot. And of course, Seagate is a prison located on an island off the coast of Georgia. And Justin was locked up with another Iron Man villain by the name of Mandarin. But not the real Mandarin, just like the fake actor Mandarin played by ah. Trevor Slattery, who was played by Ben Kingsley, which is great. Yes. And I love him. It was one of Some my people favorite call me a terrorist. I consider myself a teacher. Some people uh, call me a terrorist. That voice, I had forgotten. I, I just rewatched that movie recently. Uh, I had forgotten that that's the voice Ben Kingsley did for that character. I was like, always <laughs> talking about Tony Stark. And I was like, Tony oh Stark. man, this is truly incredible. I, we don't talk enough about this before. Right? Now. Yo, when that trailer came out, the Iron Man 3 trailer, I was like, yo, this is going to be bonkers. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, Ben Kingsley ended up playing Trevor. <laughs> just a random was, dude. <laughs> you know, which was kind of a letdown. But, like, I just love Ben Kingsley's performance so much that I was like, I don't yeah. really care. It's fine. Yeah. Whatever. And we expect to see the Mandarin in the upcoming Shang-Chi film. And we do see him in the Shang-Chi trailer with Wenwu, who was playing Shang-Chi's father, who is also... 
um, very much implied to be the Mandarin himself. And of course, we gotta talk about Sonny Birch from Ant-Man and the Wasp. Now, the last time we saw Sonny Birch, the restaurateur and black market technology dealer, he was spilling his guts to the SFPD after being injected with a truth serum at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp. This truth serum. Now, Sonny does have connections to the FBI, so he may have been transitioned over to their custody, but was he the mysterious person in witness protection in WandaVision that we never really get to see? Probably not, but we're pretty sure that the FBI has plenty of questions for him after he was apprehended, so. And also, finally, speaking of Westview, we gotta talk about Agatha Harkness, one of the sassiest witches that you will ever see. Now, Agatha Harkness is currently locked away in, in a prison of her own mind in Westview after the events of WandaVision, after Wanda really just messed her up and just made her a prison of the town. Um, mm -hmm. And now I'm pretty sure we'll be seeing Agatha Harkness again, but I don't know if anyone other than the Scarlet Witch herself can release Agatha from her mental prison. I mean, maybe mm -hmm. Doctor Strange, but I have a feeling that, you know, <sighs> we the, got that Scarlet Witch magic. I can't wait till we get back to more Agatha. But that is it for villains in custody. But what about those missing villains who are just on the run somewhere? Villains like Baron Mordo. Now, as Mordo runs around the world getting rid of sorcerers and crippling basketball players for some reason, we expect to see him again in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But it's possible he could pop up somewhere else in the MCU. That's a slow burn for a bad guy, too, because he spent the whole first Doctor Strange movie not being a bad guy. He was like, yeah. He was a good guy. He was a <laughs> good he, guy. Then but... he just went up on Benjamin Bratt and ruined his day at the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> Seeing that turn at the end of Doctor Strange 1 where he just cripples that guy, I'm just yeah. like, oh my God. You love a villain that's like, motivation is that the protagonist is just such a jackass that he's like, <laughs> I have to become a diabolical evil man because Doctor Strange is so insufferable. Right? Uh, it's like, you're just a dick. So you, you made me. You're responsible for me. Yeah. Why are you doing this? Too many sorcerers. Two villains that people don't really think about are Shocker and Tinkerer from Spider-Man Homecoming. They're both unaccounted for, obviously, after the events of Spider-Man Homecoming, but they could be out there doing some low-level crime or potentially coming up with a scheme to bust our old boss out of prison because oh, yes. it would make sense because Toombs was the brains of the operation, so mm. it'd be kind of hard for them to just do their own thing after right. making so much moolah for that sweet Chitari Tech. But another villain that could still be out there is, of course, Ghost from Ant-Man oh, yeah. and the Wasp. Now, the last time we see Ghost, she was waiting on some healing quantum energy from Scott Lang and Dr. Pym. But then that whole, you know, Thanos snapping everyone, yes. uh, half of the people out of existence thing happened. It did get in the way of her getting that sweet quantum energy. Now, mm. has she said goodbye to her nefarious ways? Or is she back to the bad side after being stood up? Because she never got that quantum energy oh, and she needs yeah. it to not fall apart, which is right. um, great to do when you're a human being, not falling apart. I highly recommend right. it. I emotionally fall apart every morning. And of course, we can't talk about villains without talking about the greatest villain of all time, Zola. Yes. Zola yes. is definitely out there somewhere in the MCU. I'm sure like there's a hard drive or a USB stick with some Zola code on it. I personally believe that when Captain America yanked that USB stick towards the middle of Captain America the Winter Soldier, that there was a copy of Zola on that USB stick and that he went down. But that's just me. But if anyone could find Zola, it would be recently escaped from the raft, Baron Zemo. Ah. I mean, it, it's very likely because Zemo had that book and he had a lot of knowledge about Hydra stuff. So it's just like, hmm. Great job, a very comprehensive list. And of course, MT, we don't know the, the plethora of villains that could be coming our way 
if the multiverse is introduced. Maybe even X-Men villains. Would anybody be mad if a Fastbender showed up? I wouldn't. So coming up, we're going to dive into our bite-sized questions. But first, a word from some of the folks that help us bring you Big Question. As lots of the world is starting to edge back towards normalcy, we're thinking about going out in the world and looking good while we do it. That's right. It's time to cut your hair, go to the gym, put on some smooth smelling lotions, some colognes, <laughs> some fragrances. It's time to get fit and lit, folks. And hey. for that, there's Cuts Clothing. They've taken a classic men's fashion staple, the plain tee, and refined it. They're blending timeless style and comfort so that you look as good as you feel. And baby, I feel good in my Cuts tee. <laughs> I love my Cuts tee. They're comfortable enough to wear around the house or while exercising, but stylish enough that I wouldn't feel weird wearing them to dinner, you know, whenever that becomes a thing again. And let me tell you, if you're still wearing button-ups to your dinner dates in 2021 after a pandemic, you are a sucker, baby. All right. <laughs> Straight up. <laughs> in 2016, Cuts founder Steve Borelli set out to make clothes ready for every occasion. The t-shirt he created made GQ magazine call it the only shirt worth wearing. I'm telling you, I used to go to Myrtle Beach with my best friends and we'd make airbrushed shirts commemorating the greatest <laughs> summers of our lives. I threw those shirts in the trash after I got my Cuts, my cuts t-shirt, okay? Cuts is premium with a purpose. Each piece is designed with custom-engineered fabric, graded for the perfect fit. It's an A-plus in my case, setting you up to look great in any situation. It's not just a lifestyle. It's not just clothing. It's office leisure apparel for the sport of business. Sell your first order by going to cutsclothing.com slash big question. That's cutsclothing.com slash big question for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. And yeah, also, maybe. this episode is also brought to you by Amazon Pharmacy. Now, Amazon Pharmacy delivers medication right to your door. I mean, Amazon Pharmacy works with most insurance plans nationwide, and they coordinate with your doctor to receive your prescriptions, and then they ship them right to you. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm already on Amazon almost every day, like buying stuff, watching shows and movies on Prime. And it just makes sense to get prescriptions through Amazon, too. I mean, it, it's insanely convenient. No more waiting in line at the pharmacy, and there's one less errand for you to run. Spend that time streaming Invincible or The Boys or whatever, especially Invincible. Invincible's great. You should be watching Invincible. Like, running errands and waiting in line sucks, and those shows are great, so the math on how you spend your time is pretty easy on this one. Amazon Prime members can save on prescription medication when not using insurance and get free two-day delivery. Learn more at Amazon.com slash BigQuestion. That is Amazon.com slash BigQuestion. Amazon.com slash big question. It's very easy. Mm. Ooh, I'm All hungry, right. MT. Ooh, I have a rumble in my tummy. <laughs> but I don't want to eat a whole big meal before dinner. No, no, no. Give me a little something bite-sized. Oh, I like that. Well, how about this for a bite-sized, friend? Do lightsabers work underwater? That was a question from IAJ Smith 24 on the Discord. Good question, and let me go Great ahead and question. tell you the answer to that. A standard lightsaber <laughs> won't work underwater. A standard lightsaber won't work underwater. The crystal circuit is susceptible to water damage and can easily short out. However, mm. there is an ancient modification the Jedi discovered to circumvent this problem. A oh. lightsaber can utilize two crystals to make a bifurcating cyclical ignition pulse. That's right, Ooh. a bifurcating cyclical ignition pulse. Ooh, the say that again slow. Bifurcating cyclical ignition pulse. 
The power is cycled between the two crystals in order to prevent one of them from shorting out when the weapon is submerged underwater. Now, the majority of the Jedi don't bother to make this modification on their lightsaber. They don't give a shit about it, okay? <laughs> this is generally not necessary. For most Jedi, that is. However, Kit Fisto is a Nautilin. His species is amphibious, meaning he can live on the land and yes. underwater. So, he has a bifurcating cyclical ignition pulse lightsaber and has been shown in the comics and Clone Wars series using the weapon underwater, especially during the first and second battles of Mon Calamari, which, as we all know, are the most delicious battles in all of the oh, Star yes. Wars universe. You get the calamari fried, you get it baked, <laughs> you get it seared over some hot olive oil. It doesn't matter. It's delicious, delicious war. I like my General Akbar with a side of tartar sauce. Your tongues can't repel flavor of that magnitude. That is an excellent answer, my friend. But here's another one for you from a civilian on Discord. And that question is, if Vibranium came to Earth via a meteor, where did that meteor come from? And is Vibranium used on any other planet? Uh -huh. Let's get into that, Tommy. Good question, civilian. Well, the short answer is when a vibranium meteor and planet really love each other, they want to show each other that love <laughs> by connecting. Uh, as we learned in the MCU film Black Panther, all the vibranium on Earth arrived via a meteorite made of vibranium that struck Africa millions of years ago. It's Boom. never been made clear in the films or in the comics exactly where the meteorite came from. However, we do know that vibranium exists and is utilized in other parts of the galaxy. In a 2014 Captain Marvel comic, Carol travels to Torfa, a planet located on the outskirts of the Spartax Empire, whose original inhabitants were wiped out by a plague hundreds of years ago. Wiped out by plagues? It's a little close to home these days. This is actually the same Torfa we see in the early part of the Captain Marvel film in the MCU. In the comic, Carol is there to aid some alien refugees when she discovers a secret vibranium mining operation. It's not clear if this planet is the original source of vibranium or if Torfa was another victim of a drive-by vibranium meteorite. Ooh, always sad to see planets struck down in their prime by a drive-by vibranium <laughs> meteorite. But this does show that there is some more vibranium out there in the universe. It's true. I, I, I really hope that we see more vibranium in different, like, planets, like, see some vibranium maybe in, like, the Squirrel planet or the Kree planet or, like, maybe even, like, the Shi'ar planet. There's definitely some more vibranium out there because it's a be. cosmic rock. Now it is time for my favorite part of the program, and it's time for... The Box of Scraps! The Box, the box of Scraps! scraps. <laughs> the Box of Scraps! For today's question, we've got a doozy that I am going to ask and then answer first because I already know what you're going to say and I'm not going to let you out-question me. Out-box-of-scraps <laughs> me. Alright, so, today's box-of-scraps question is, what's the best road trip you've ever taken? And if you don't mind, I'll go first. The best road trip I ever took was the craziest road trip I ever took, and that was driving from good old Rochester, New York, all the way to Los Angeles, California. Dang. In 2008, Dang. when I was just a young boy with a dream, a Hollywood <laughs> dream in my heart, I drove by <laughs> myself across the country uh, through all of the majesty of Nebraska and Colorado, which has a shocking amount of federal prisons in Colorado. <laughs> I just remember they were like, do not pick hitchhikers up in Colorado. And I was like, damn, because I was picking a lot up in Nebraska and things were going good. <laughs> But if I can't... But not those Colorado hitchhikers. You got to be but real it was, careful. I mean, I felt like a psychopath. I was driving alone all day, staying in hotels at night. Shout out to <laughs> hotels. You know how much I love you. And then hey. finally, I got to Burbank where I was house sitting when I first got here. And my car literally exploded upon... <laughs> I, I went to the driveway. The water pump burst. Oh, my gosh. 
And that oh was a Chevy Cavalier. Shout out to a 1999 Chevy Cavalier for getting me across that whole damn country. That was that was my number one road trip. What do you got? Wow, your car died when it needed to. It was like, I, I got you from A to B, and now that's it's right. time for me to give up the ghost. That's right. <laughs> I like that. Dang, that's, I could never do that. That's a very long drive. Because the only real road trip I've been on was during, I went to a, to Montreal a couple of years mm. back because I was a bridesmaid in a Ooh. wedding. It was me yes. and it was a bunch of girls and they were like, hey, you want to go to Montreal for our bachelorette shenanigans? I was like, sure, yes. why not? Yes, As a do. bridesmaid, it is my right. duty to be there. <laughs> um, and so while we were there, like Montreal is a beautiful city, lots of art and everything. But one thing about Montreal um is that they have strip clubs. I mean, there's strip clubs everywhere, obviously. But yeah. with Montreal, um, there's a there's no no touching rule. So anyway, I go to the a, they they all are like, hey, MT, let's go to a strip club for a bachelorette thing. And I'm thinking that we're going to an all male strip club because oh, right. they're all females. But we end up going to an all-female strip club with female strippers. That was considerate of them. That was really nice of them. I don't know why that ended up happening, but that's what happened. And that was my first time going to a strip club. And so I go inside, and it's just, like, so overwhelming because there's just a bunch of naked ladies everywhere. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. So I just order my water. And so I'm sipping my water out of my swirly straw because I'm a a grown man. I'm just like... Order my water. (laughs) And, like, only, like... Two or three feet away from me is a man with a face full of a stranger's ass because he is getting a lap dance, but his face was uh, all up in there. And I was like, wow, this is a new world. This is a whole new world, (laughs) as uh, Aladdin would say. Up in Canada, they do it a little different. They do Uh, it different. They do it different up there. Uh, But the coolest thing about that whole experience is that Mm -hmm. I was like enraptured by the strippers, not because that they were stripping, but because of their crazy upper body strength and just strength yes. in general. Because like, I like you have to be the most jacked person to do pole dancing, and it was just so amazing. And so like after like we left and all that stuff, like we left at the same time as a couple of the, the strippers. And I was just like, oh, my God, you guys are like, I got starstruck. I was like, you guys are celebrities. Like, you guys just did all all that amazing shit. I I could never do that. I'm a weak man. Like, it's just, oh, man, it's I got to say, I go to the strip clubs for the upper body strength. It's the new (laughs) I read Playboy for the articles. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean, honey? I had to go there. I admire their athleticism. You this know, is it's a sport, okay? An, it's the same as going to a football game or anything like that. I'm there for the athletes, plain and simple. We have, like, stripper brackets. <laughs> Little trading cards. Like, ooh, I've got a Don Ross. Let's say Sapphire Blaze. Oh, my God. She's been doing a prolific amount of lap dances. We're going to get canceled for this. All oh right, we've best to get out of this. Well, that's amazing. Shout out to the Bachelorette for yes. going to a female strip club. I would have assumed you would have been going to a place called like Polies or Stiffies or something. Like I that. was you know, fully been prepared for a Stiffies, but we well, didn't I, get a Stiffies. We've so. all had a good time at Stiffies. <laughs> Peaches and cream. That clip, that, clip, that clip will be isolated and sent out in gift form for years to come. <laughs> Speaking of years to come, that's it for this episode of Big Question. Thank you to MT for joining me in this episode. Follow him at Mastertainment for crying out loud. Follow me at Tommy Bechtold. Follow New Rockstars. Send us your big questions using the hashtag Big Question. Subscribe yes. to this podcast feed. And go ahead and give us a nice rating and review. 
Subscribe to New Rockstars here on YouTube. Hit that notification bell. We love you, everybody. Come back and see us again soon. Take it easy, everybody.